0: Hashtag SAFM BTH. It's 13 minutes after 5 o'clock in conversation next with the Dr. William Kieser, ANC NEC member, former mm. Minister of Health. Uh, but we speak to him also in his capacity as a person who's eyeing the highest office in the ANC at Lutuli House, the battle for the presidency of the ANC is in full swing as the party's national elective conference draws closer. ANC presidential candidate and former health minister Dr. Zulim Kiza speaks to us about his election campaign and uh, why he believes that under his leadership, if he does get, get elected, the ANC and South Africa can embark on a new age of reform. This as many of us are unhappy about um, the worsening economic problems, about the constant crisis atmosphere in our foreign policy, about our diminishing uh, prestige around the globe. And lastly, about our lack of strong, straightforward leadership. Dr. Mkiza, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us.
1: Thank you very much. And uh, uh, good evening to all the listeners. How does this feel (coughs) for you?
0: Um, It's it's very different now because with the Electoral Commission saying that now you're actually allowed to publicly canvass for votes.
1: Well, I'm not sure we are at the point where we can say we're all conversing. I think we have been asked a question. I think you've seen the challenge. Uh, President Mbeki asked the question to say we've heard of people who are going to be uh, nominated, but we don't know what they stand for. And I think it's a fair question to say uh, we must talk about it. What do we, what are our views? Because we are uh, out there for South Africa and not only the yeah. African National Congress to um, listen to what suggestions we think we might bring mm. to the um, you know, to the uh, conference. But
0: but the difference <coughs> now being <coughs> that um, now you can do it mm. publicly. This is something new to us. Uh, um, for me, for instance, being a political reporter as well, is that this is not something that we are used to where somebody comes out and says that I am a presidential candidate and this is what I want to do, this is what I want to achieve. And now you actually have rules around how that engagement would take place as well.
1: I think there's a bit of progress that we have to make as the African National Congress. We've had to face the fact that uh, over a period there's a slight evolution in the way we've been approaching the uh, contestation. Uh, I think, again, what's important is the fact that uh, uh, we need to center this thing around the people. So you don't go out there and just, you, you, you want to be a candidate, but you must uh, find a way to explain yourself as to why you believe, uh, you know, mm. what are your views? what What is your understanding of the problem? Why what do what you want to come and solve? And I think it's a fair uh, approach that uh, yeah. now there are some rules to guide that process and they will obviously get uh, um, improved with time. But uh, it's, it's a slight shift from the past. Yeah.
0: So with your um, decision <coughs> then, looking at <coughs> the nominations that you've received so far, why did you say yes?
1: Well, th- two reasons mainly. Uh, firstly, that I have to respect the will of the branches. Uh, if you are nominated, and in this case, we have humbly accepted. And we believe that it's their right to decide who amongst the leadership must be considered and subject ourselves to their will uh, at the conference secondly i think there are four areas that one needs to focus on uh, the first area <coughs> excuse me the first area i think uh, we, uh, that I, I think is important to deal with is to deal with the anc as the organization how do you bring back the uh, you know the uh strength of the ANC, the image of the ANC, but how do you also avoid a sense that the ANC is seen to be drifting to the right? We've got a mission as the African National Congress to um, liberate the people of South Africa, uh, black people in general mm. and uh, Africans in particular, that mission will remain a very important guide as to the fact that the ANC has still got a role to play. And so we also have to deal with other issues such as factionalism in the organization and uh, also deal with uh, good governance issues, fighting corruption uh, within the party and man- manage the party better and ensure that uh, you know as we go along, yeah, yeah <clears throat> the party is well managed. Secondly, there is an issue of dealing with government, how to improve government to make sure that government delivers better, and that there's more accountability, that we remove the question of a distance between our people and the government. I think that it becomes very important to, uh, say, we say that the government is a, a, a potent machine yeah. uh, in the hands of our people. The third area is the area of uh, dealing with economic issues, the level of poverty, uh, unemployment, uh, You know, inequality, crime is very high. And I think that we need to start bringing solutions as to what we think can be done at that level. Lastly, is on the area of uh, geopolitics. Uh, We need to also, uh, you know, strengthen our own positioning in the global uh, uh, geopolitical environment and uh, make sure that uh, the ANC retains its influence Mm -hmm. uh, as such. And also South Africa is well positioned in global affairs.
0: What can you point to that says that the ANC (coughs) is drifting to the right?
1: Well, let let me just take a a simple uh, issue. Right now, uh, the ANC adopted certain policies uh, that needed to ensure that we're focusing on the poor people. Uh, You know, uh, we called it... um, Second phase of the transition, yeah. others called it radio, uh, that uh, it was called uh, a radical socio economic uh, transformation. But all in all, what it was all about is how do we speedily deal with the issue of poverty? Mm-hmm. The poor people, what do we need to do to make sure the situation and uh, their situation is improved? Job creation, how do we deal with that? Now, uh, certain decisions were taken. For example, i give you there was a, an issue around the state bank. Now, whether you agree or not with the state bank, but let me tell you what I believe is the main the main thing that is our concern to build to create jobs you need to build entrepreneurship amongst the communities in the uh, yeah. you know uh, townships in the villages so that you know you you go around a large number of people they can't be accounted for by any sorts of employment but you know all countries know if you want to build employment you must build small enterprises and cooperatives but there was a law that allowed us to do cooperative banks we're not uh, going on and implementing that we've got some money in social development that are supposed to help to build social uh, so, uh, uh, you know, population development that can be used to actually empower people so that they can have their own susta- yeah. sustainable means of living. So, we don't, we're not uh, focusing on those issues now. As we sit now, uh, the uh, uh, president has spoken about the uh, social compact, we all agree there, but then uh, there, there's been a Huge uh, lack of implementation of of, of such a decision. Uh, the decision was about <clears throat> making sure that uh, we build, uh, you know, the economy. We strengthen uh, the, the the fight against uh, poverty and deal with issues of inequality. Mm-hmm. The other posi- the other decision was about, uh, you know. Uh, doing away with the uh, uh, apartheid spatial planning, which means the only large number of uh, African people we are going to find in town are actually coming from informal settlements. Yeah. Most of the others uh, are those who can afford to lo- live in the suburbs. But nothing stops us from actually saying, tweak the housing policy and build up fra- flats. And then uh, because we don't have enough money, mm. combine with the private sector and build Th- that, all of that.
0: that. That sounds for me more like stagnation instead of drifting to the right. So, so, so what is it that has happened in the party that says that it, the party is drifting to the right?
1: Well, this uh, concerns about the uh, you know the privatization of the pri- of the state entities uh, is, a, is an issue that's coming up and people are raising in question: is the NC drifting to the right? Because if you had actually had a private uh, privately owned ESCOM in 1994, you would never have uh, you know. Uh, um, uh, electrified so many houses. You had to do that yeah. because that was the role of the private, uh, of the... Is uh, it you uh, believe spending.
0: that there is a push to privatize ESCOM?
1: <clears throat> well, my point is that uh, you know, uh, the balance of the focus of government. Now, let's just talk about it here. The the balance is that the ESCOM um, uh, as uh, as things are happening now, uh, I, I feel that the the, the 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 balance of how we deal with the energy mix uh, it needs to be taken care of. For example, South Africa has got billions and billions of uh, you know of 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 coal, mm. and so uh, that doesn't only run your your baseload generation of of electricity, but it gives you, uh, you know, job creation. And now as a country, we need to focus on the fact that the additional amounts of uh, uh, solar, wind, and so on are actually a complementary generation. And so to focus uh, on, uh, you know, reducing on the coal, uh, it's not in proportion Mm. with what we're supposed to be doing. But but then
0: What was the decision then of the ANC-NEC with regards to that, um, with the the just transition? Because now we also have a situation where we are about to even sign deals and agreements that relate to loans, billions of rands worth of loans.
1: No, I'm saying that we're talking about the balance. Yes. And that's my point. My point is about the balance, that the, the, the balance must be to know that from the point of view of the public enterprise, uh, the, uh, the ESCOM, there is a responsibility for the producing of electricity for public good. Yeah. For uh, the state to also know that uh, there is a, a, a degree of uh, responsibility we have of that uh, being better managed. And also we therefore reduce any s- suggestion that uh, we might actually be selling off of any of those uh, state enterprises.
0: But is there that feeling (coughs) that we are going to be selling ESCOM from the evidence at your disposal?
1: No, at the moment, I'm talking about how the ANC should not be viewed as drifting to the right. And that's the point I'm making, that uh, the the approach to the uh, state enterprises has given us that concern. And therefore, that's what we need to deal with.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you think that one (coughs) of the reasons also, uh, and I don't know what your take is on what um, the board board member of ESCOM, Tetonyate, had to say about um, policies, for instance, in relation to localization and so forth, and how those have been abused and BEE as well have been abused. And that's the reason why ESCOM is crippled as it is.
1: Well, I I think we need to focus a lot more on the uh, people with uh, technical expertise that should be able to give us solutions at ESCOM. The question of abuse of uh, uh, black uh, economic empowerment is something that needs to be policed. If anybody is managing, those issues need to be managed and be policed. But I don't believe that, uh, you know, if they are... Those problems, they are of uh, such a nature that uh, ESCOM must then abandon the policy which is part of transformation. I think it's a matter of how we're managing procurement processes. That's what's more important for me. I'd, I also don't believe that the only problem <clears throat> that uh, ESCOM is facing is only the fact that there was black economic empowerment in it. There's a whole lot of other issues there. which you know I'm, I'm not necessarily an expert in dealing with, the, with, with those. But the point is that uh, ESCOM, as, as, uh, as, as things stand, can't, uh, you know, say because there was BEE and therefore that's the only problem they've got. It's almost like saying because there are car accidents, then people mustn't drive. And mm. I think we must just keep a balance on that.
0: What level of responsibility then should the ANC take for the state <coughs> that ESCOM is in? Um, and also considering <coughs> that you had a <coughs> chancellor house as well um, that was contracted in a BEE deal uh, to do work for, the, for ESCOM.
1: Well, for me, you, 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 as ANC, we need to take responsibility of the fact that uh, if there are things that aren't going right in the uh, in the government, we must ask ourselves. Is it the wrong policy that we're dealing with? If the policy is right, then okay, then the ANC remains relevant. If the policy was wrong, then it needs to be changed, and that means people have a right to be unhappy with the ANC. But if the question is there is a policy, and it's not being implemented, then the ANC leadership must then look at uh, focusing on leaders who will make sure that those policies are implemented.
0: Mm -hmm. Who's ever taken responsibility for the state of ESCOM?
1: Well, we, we have had changes, uh, you know. Uh, at this point, my, my view is that there were changes. Uh, you know, there were board members who were removed, uh, and there were some of the officials who were removed. Uh, I think there's been long enough time with the current leadership, and if they are not successful, then of course I think they also need to be uh, need to be changed. Do you, you think
0: that the executive should go? Should the CEO of ESCOM go?
1: Well, I think <clears throat> I think we, it's time to look at uh, a new leadership there. W- why? Well. With the time that uh, you know the yes that he has had, if we are not seeing a change and improvement, then uh, you need to ask yourself why, and then uh, l- l- let's look at uh, a new leadership. Yeah.
0: What about the minister?
1: Well, even that, uh, I-, I would say the- 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 there is merit in raising the question of the minister. If the, if the minister, um, you know, uh, has been part of the process as he has been, uh, again, uh, that should be a- a- another consideration.
0: That the, the minister must go.
1: Well, the the, the minister can be uh, should be considering. Uh, um, the, the president should consider uh, the the minister to be changed.
0: Yeah. Are these conversations that happen in cabinet at all? Um, that say that um, out of the team that the that the president has assembled, this is probably the weakest link that we currently have, in in cabinet. Do you know of such conversations that would have happened during your tenure being part of cab- cabinet?
1: Look, there, there have been a number of, <coughs> excuse me, there have been a number of discussions here, and those discussions uh, would be announced uh, after the cabinet meetings. And so, um, uh, when you question is whether the minister should be changed or the, uh, you know, there should be a CEO that gets to be changed, it doesn't get discussed in cabinet. It actually is a pre- presidential prerogative. Yeah, yeah.
0: W- without discussing that the person <coughs> should leave, but pointing out that um, this person is. Part of the weakest link that we have in this chain of cabinets.
1: Well, in in cabinet uh, members are free to raise those kinds of concerns uh, is just that no member of cabinet can actually stand up there and advocate for the other one to be removed. Yep. But in the African National Congress, those points get raised every day. Uh, people have got views and they do raise their uh, reservations about the co- the conduct or behavior of certain ministers. So that happens in the uh, national. Do you system.
0: think that in cabinet that there are inefficiencies?
1: Well, my concern <clears throat> would be uh, on a number of areas where we would have, been a, bo- a lot more effective. Now let's let's deal with this situation. For example, I, I think that we could have done a little bit more uh, to deal with the problem of unemployment. I believe that uh, the number, the level of unemployment has gone very high. Uh, I think that uh, the approach uh, which we should take should be more of a crisis intervention that uh, begins to look at what uh, changes we need to do in the approach to infrastructure built because that's going to be one of the areas that will give you a lot of uh, employment opportunities. I believe that there's something that can be done there. But also we need... A tighter uh, management of, uh, you know, uh, interventions in sec- uh, in uh, industrial sectors uh, to look at what government, what private sector can do, and monitor it, so that you uh, can ask the question: uh, In this sector, uh, how many jobs can we create? What are the? What is the private sector prepared to do? What is the government prepared to do? And how long will it take before we can see those numbers? And in that process, you can actually uh, have a clear. Uh, agreement of actions mm-hmm. and you must have a, a clear targets that will you know mean active management of the unemployment problem. If you go on to deal with uh, for example the issues of uh, uh, agriculture, uh, if in, in in this case I think you need a, a different approach you need to actually go region by region or district by district and put up a support structure that gives you technical support market for yeah. uh, support for industry financial and everything and then look at how many jobs are created you know can uh, you know how much land is actually moved onto the hands of the disadvantaged and all of that so I think the issue of implementation of policy and monitoring, for me, uh, I've come from a, a history of having worked in government. I think uh, what one wants to offer uh, as, as an individual, I would like to offer some of that experience and uh, make a contribution into improving implementation, into improving the uh, monitoring, and also improving accountability.
0: Okay, we continue our conversation with Dr. William Kiese, presidential hopeful for the ANC's top job um, come the ANC's elective <clears> conference <throat> later on this year. We'll be taking your calls on 086-000-2032. Your voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin St-Pierre. It's time for the news headlines. <laughs> The only talk radio afternoon drive show that makes sense. Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Simpia, right here on SAFM. It is 16 minutes before 6 o'clock, still in conversation with uh, Dr. William Kise ANC presidential hopeful, ahead of the ANC's elective conference that will be taking place later this year. We're taking your calls on 086-000-2032, your voice notes on 614 Let's quickly go to Vuyiswa, who's joining us from Parktown. Good evening, Vuyiswa. Hello,
2: hello. Good evening, uh, Andrew and your guests. Uh, thank you so much uh, for Dr. Zueli to be on the show. But I, I have a problem that I want uh, uh, the doctors ready to actually uh, uh, clarify for me. Because, you know, Adrian, when you call them for, for, for these interviews, they are available. When they put people on the ground in the branches, they want them. They are never available. They are available in the in in in, in, in the high pedestal places. And I wonder if he, he, he succeeds, how is he going to treat us? uh to treat the people on the ground uh, the branches of the nc the poor people that are seeking their advice and uh, them mm. every day but they come on the platform of, of media and speak as if they care and they don't because if they really care they should actually follow oliver Tambo. i'm a child that oliver Tambo yeah. brought. okay
0: thank you so much for you sir um dr mkiza
1: <clears throat> i think it's a, a a concern that i understand there are many branches of the nc so there'll always be demand for leadership uh, leadership to be available uh, i think also um, w- w- if we ask me personally i have been available to the branches i've gone where i'm asked to but obviously the size of the, hmm. the country and the numbers of branches may not be may not be uh, helpful but i think what we need to focus on is that the incoming NEC should be a lot more available there has been programs in the past of how you can bring the leadership closer uh, to uh, many of the regions and many of the branches so that uh, this interaction uh, you know, is effective. So I do accept that uh, it's something that we must keep in mind as we move forward. Yeah.
0: And, and speaking <coughs> about that, because um, the branches of the ANC influence policy decisions that are sure. taken at a, co- at a conference level. Several policies that have uh, resolutions that were taken at the conference. You mentioned the other one a bit earlier on about about the state bank, but then also on the land
1: question, what happened? Well, the um, land question will always remain a very difficult and thorny issue. Uh, the uh, processes were started <clears throat> to take the, uh, you know, the, to create a, a, an amendment to provide for a possibility of expro- expropriation without compensation. Uh, the challenge, I think, at the end becomes getting the uh, adequate numbers to uh, deal with, uh, you know, the voting in Parliament and so I think that uh, whilst that matter uh, will obviously be coming up again in the conference uh, the next coming conference we need to also expand on a lot more of what can be done to uh, you know speed up the uh, allocation of land to many people who need it I think that uh, a lot of work needs a lot more can be done uh, to monitor uh, how much land has been given and to uh, uh, actively allocate yeah. the land and Do also you support think that the
0: ANC the. is committed
1: on that? <coughs> well uh, as far as I'm concerned the uh, ANC is committed uh, to uh, to the uh, issue because mm. uh, you know whether you look at it from uh, the point of view of the conference, the members of the ANC give a direct instruction as to what the leadership should try and achieve, and obviously we will then have to uh, go through the uh, conference to uh, look at what else happened, what uh, made it difficult for this uh, res- resolution to be to be implemented. There's a lot of uh, uneasiness about it from uh, the membership of the ANC, but I also believe that uh, you know whilst that is a problem. I'm also uh, of the view that a lot more could have been done to expedite the uh, transfer of land and also to uh, to ensure that the utilization of Mm -hmm. the land is a lot more effective uh, to, uh, uh, you know, particularly on agriculture, but also on issues of property. Uh, You know, uh, all of those... Areas do require attention because when we talk about land, we're not only really talking about, you know, um, rural areas. We're only also talking about uh, urban, uh, urban centers as well.
0: Okay. zero six one let Let's take some of your voice notes.
1: Good evening. Good evening, Andrew. Uh, I would like to ask Dr. on the issue of land. If he becomes president, how would he solve it Well, how, how would he deal with that land issue uh aldrin good afternoon to you good afternoon to your team uh, all sfm listeners uh, i just have a question for who, who talked your guest and um, if he says uh the time that the uh, ceo of uh, escom had There were supposed to be changes how about them that they've been in in power running this country for the past 28 to 30 years and nothing has changed for the better in, in fact things just started to you know fall apart how about that and they yet still want to to run for power once more what changes will they bring if they fail to bring changes for for like 30 years no they can't just come here and play with our minds we are tired of it
2: Dr. M'kize, um I like some of your ideas, um, but uh, we all know that uh, most presidential hopefuls uh, are full of good ideas, and uh, we also know that the ANC has had many good policies and m- many good ideas. But uh, we also all know that the biggest problem is on the implementation of those good ideas, uh, which are never implemented. Now. My question to you is, what are you going to do differently to ensure that uh, those ideas, good ideas are implemented and what have you done in your previous portfolios to show this capability?
1: Okay, Um, Dr. Mkiza. No, thank you very much. Let's start with the last question. I have worked uh, in government and I've worked uh, as MEC, I've worked as premier, I've worked as minister. Uh, One of the um, experiences one has is that of uh, running A province which had a reputation of fighting for good governance, which had a reputation of a fight against corruption and also of economic growth. And one of the issues to deal with economic growth, for example, we had created a platform where private sector and business, uh, private sector and government would sit together to look at what is it that uh, is going to drive growth in this particular uh, you, you know year. And then where what does government need to do and what does uh, industry need to do? Mm. And we would focus on resolving the obstacles that would delay the investment. Once we expedite that, we know we're able to get that. Now, if I come in, I want to focus on putting a target. Now, uh, if we deal, deal with the private sector and say, how many jobs do you think we can create working with government? And what do you need from government? What do you need from private sector? How do we monitor the jobs? because. We you mustn't just say you'll create jobs, you must count how many jobs you have there. Now if I deal with the issue of crime, I, we have dealt with the issue of crime by mobilizing the entire society. So all those uh, civic bodies, organizations, religious, and then work with the police. And then uh, also even with the media, and i just give you an example of how we're to crack the drug syndicates in in, in Chatsworth in Guazulu-Natal. We actually got the media to give an anonymous tip-off line which we gave to the community. And within a few days that every Actually, full of tips with active live intelligence which was yeah. given to the police and the police went and raided the place and some of the lines were so active that they could actually say go to upstairs in room number 3 in house number 3 and then they would say um the you know the uh, drugs have been moved to three houses down the line go and raid eight houses and we actually got the uh, you know drug lords who had been on the run for 7 years and uh, we being uh, you know uh, um, arrested at that time so when we created a program which we called Operation Sugumasake, we got communities involved, we got government involved, we got private sector involved, and we could actually, in a comprehensive way, deal with HIV at the same time as poverty alleviation. You go to a house, do one home, one garden, We find in the process mm-hmm. there's a child who's got uh, you know who can't go to school, they need NSFAS, there's someone who you know who, who needs employment, and uh, you you then try and find solutions as you as you move along. So that's been the history of uh, <clears throat> where one uh, has come from. And uh, in terms of where one is focusing, I think we need to focus on implementation. Now, you, we've spoken about a lot of policies. Yeah. I think there are lots of policies that uh, have not been properly implemented that based on this experience that one is talking about, we can deal with them. Even with issue of uh, accountability, when I was chairperson of the ANC in the province, we used to actually someone the councillors and take an independent report of an assessment of a municipality and ask them to account to it. You could even take a decision at that point that here, the MEC for local government must actually intervene on Section 139. Mm-hmm. You could take a decision that we need to change the leadership. And everybody knew if you came to that issue, it's just ANC. You are accounting in a way that the ANC will not go back and expect uh, to only move when the Auditor General comes or when the com- community complains. So we could even actually... Uh, force uh, votes of no confidence amongst our own members just to make sure that the accountability is put in place. So, in, in the issue of the African National Congress as we speak, you want to unite the ANC and make sure everybody understands there's one law yeah. here. Uh, it it's, it calls on leadership. You can't have a, a an organization that goes into factions in one conference and the factions keep their identity until the next conference. That has to be stopped. It's yeah. got to do with the leadership. But the reason why it's important is because a, a divided ANC cannot unite South Africans. And you can't do transformation without uniting. You can't fight corruption without yeah. uniting. So. Those are the issues that I want to look at.
0: Okay, I I have a couple of questions. I'm quickly going to rush through them. Um, So if you get elected (coughs) as president of the ANC, as raised by one of our listeners a bit earlier on, (coughs) what happens to President Cyril Ramaphosa?
1: Well, we only talk about the conference here. Yeah. And we are simply talking about the right of the members to approach the conference with an open mind of deciding how they want to rate the performance of their leaders and how their leaders must be subject to the party discipline and then go into a process of um, elections and uh, when that happens you actually have the process of democracy that would have taken place. Which, would, would you say that you should complete his term at least? Look I I don't have any comment to make on an issue where we are sitting here. We're only. But talking from about your the, observation? No I think that we must focus on one issue here let's focus on the conference and not start making too many yeah. presuppositions of something that uh, you know, uh, would but be a But the history decision of, of the
0: ANC conferences is also that the outcomes of the conferences also influence what happens to the president of the country. Um, this happened with Jacob Zuma. It happened with Thabo Mbeki as well. With them, they had two terms. And uh, with this one, we had Cyril Ramaphosa, who's only been in office for one term. So if you do become president, do you think that uh, Cyril Ramaphosa should stay on as the president of the country?
1: Well, let me put it this way. We are going to the conference and that's what we need to deal with. Now, the question of the um, leadership of the, of the, the position of the president, there's never been a decision taken before conference what happens. It only arises when people had issues to raise after it's a decision of that time that was discussed but uh, there's no one who's actually ever taken a decision before and that we're going to a conference there's no policy that says if the ANC uh, goes to a conference if there's a change you must remove the president there's no such a position and also there's no uh, position that says if you get a president you must have only one uh, you must have one or two terms we have yeah. said that <coughs> if it's two terms uh, you can't go beyond the two terms. Madi- Madiba only had one term. Yeah. So I think uh, we, I, w- I would avoid getting thrown into a bit of sensational issues about matters that have really not been discussed anywhere. I think what's important, mm-hmm. impo- important here is to talk about my position in relation to the policy positions of the okay. NCA, what my contribution would be there. President,
0: <clears throat> former President Tabombek raises the question about uh, the Palapala scandal and um, the panel that's currently looking into whether the president has an impeachment questions to answer. Um, And he also then says that what conversation is happening within the ANC that should the panel say that actually the president has questions to answer when it comes to impeachment?
1: Well, um, I don't want to really talk about Palapala. All I can say is that uh, I agree with the uh, sentiments of President Mbegi that this matter should have been discussed uh, in the National Executive Committee. I also want to say that uh, on two NEC meetings I've raised the issue because I believe that the ANC leadership needs to be briefed on what is happening. We need also to prepare so that we don't get taken by surprise. Uh, But then of course uh, the predominant view in the organization was that in the NEC was that the matter should not be Discussed some of the challenges of factionalism <clears throat> is that y- you can take a position that's unsustainable simply because of what we call, uh, you know, the the um, arrogance of numbers. And so I think that the matter should, in fact, have been discussed. I don't think we could have concluded on it. Uh, maybe we could have because I don't know what information is there about it. So when President McGill raises the issue, it's, it's a legitimate question. But obviously, I think that we need to have discussed it in the NEC. I've raised it several times, uh, personally, and a few other people I have raised them, but they're a minority. Yeah. And so sometimes, you, because of the nature of the factional um, Uh, divisions, there are issues that are urgent that may not be attended to simply because of
0: that. Um, Finally, um, the one on digital vibes, um, the matter is before the court. Um, I find it interesting that the issue around (coughs) the memo, because you, um, there was the, 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 the special leave that you took and then later on you resigned. The report was before the president. Later on the SIU, as you have argued, have <coughs> said that uh, there is no memo a cabinet memo.
1: Well let me just quickly say that uh, you know the history of it is that the in issue of digital vibes arises, from the auditor general around December 2020, and then I then uh, initiate the investigation. I instructed DG to get a forensic auditor. That that process gets started. And when the investigation was going on, the SIU was advi- uh, you know indicated that they were uh, invest- investigating the uh, interested in investigating the matter. I advised them of our cooperation, and then I announced the results that there were irregularities in mm-hmm. the contract. We're going to act on the officials involved, and that we're going to recover the money. But the SIU said we must stop that they took over the report and then they have released the same report back to the president with exactly the same findings except where me and uh, the siu differed is when they started involving me and saying i'm implicated one they said i actually transgressed a cabinet resolution yeah i've been asking for this and they've confirmed that they don't have it now i don't understand how
0: have you ever had a conversation with the president about that as the Uh, chairperson of cabinet uh,
1: no well we we had a Declassification of all the resolutions, and I gave that, uh, you know, to the SIU to say this is the resolution. You are not; co- it's not correct what you are saying. It's not true, and they've uh, said they don't have that resolution. They said I actually. Uh, uh, engineer the contract now. You know ministers go don't get involved in procurement. And in this case, the staff who were involved who have actually been uh, prosecuted. But mm. those the SIU was the main witness. They never raised the issue of the influence of the minister. They never raised the issue of fraud. they on was only the issue of of uh, negligence. Again, that's out the uh, out of the way. Then uh, I'd said there were, there were no personal. Um, uh, invo- uh, benefit yep. and that, that matter <clears throat> because it involved the, uh, my son and so on uh, and some staff members now that matter was actually I was cleared by parliament so all in all we we i have taken uh, SIU to court. It's not like the SIU yeah. has taken me to court. I have taken them to set it aside because I said it was flawed, it was baseless, it was devoid of the truth.
0: But there was personal benefit from your side, at least with the upgrades to the there house. There was not. There was not. No, that the, the was
1: what Parliament, the Parliament Portfolio Committee cleared that because there was an explanation as to what was going on there.
0: So <coughs> so the housekeeper who took the money?
1: No, look, that that was an issue of you know, uh, a staff member and a former staff member helping each other. And that's what it actually came out to. Then, Have you pa- ever
0: opened uh, a case against the housekeeper for taking uh, the money?
1: No, because I, I resigned very soon after that. And Why so didn't I, you open a case? Because I'd handed over the investigation of this matter. I actually said, staff members, family, SIU must investigate. So I handed over everything to them. And so that's what happened. But that matter is what went to the portfolio committee, uh, to the um, ethics committee. They cleared that. So I don't think we can reinvestigate that matter.
0: That is Dr. Zolim Kiza. Thank you so much for your time. A presidential hopeful for the ANC as the party heads to the elective conference. Apologies. We're a bit late for news. Dotins, um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Remember to love each other and lead with compassion.